I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You got blamed for it, but blame suggests that it really wasn't your fault. Well, no, wasn't. No, you got recognized for <laughs> for being the idiot. That they you were, were. Partic- they were participating in. Hi, I'm Rachel Vello. and I'm Suzanne Mushin, and you're listening to the Big Payoff Podcast. So, Rachel, tonight I'm leaving on a jet plane, and this is the summer routine that I've had, I guess, the last three years, right? Where I leave me, leave you in the batting cage, doing all the shit that you won't do. Yeah, this is the routine. I leave you. And I actually always say to you, you know what, Rachel, I'm taking off. So you should take off because I feel bad that I'm going away. And I want you to actually have downtime while I'm away, even though in my head I actually know you're in the batting cage. You know, Suzanne, we've been talking about this notion of the batting cage for years and years because everybody has the experience in work of coming to work and standing in a cage and, you know, those automatic pitching machines and it's ball after ball after ball after ball. That's what the batting cage feels like. And in the summer, there are times where you are alone in the batting cage and you know you're going to get to work and stand there and that you and bat all day and then at the end of the day wonder whether you were swinging at the right balls and feeling your arms ache. Well, that's the weird thing about taking off when you've got a company of this size an entrepreneurial sort of startup thing is you don't feel good when nobody's in the batting cage, right? If I did take off, we'd both be freaking out. You don't feel really good leaving someone in the batting cage. So it's kind of a no win. Right. Oh, Although I, you get to be on vacation and I don't. So <laughs> right. I, I get to be on vacation. But as you know, we've had this struggle forever, which is, should I really go on vacation? Is there really such a thing when you're really in the thick of your work to leave it and to just drop your work? Well, so here's the thing. Whether you're the, – the real truth of the matter is that whoever's really responsible for the company – in this case, it's both of us, but in most companies, there's a boss. Do you think when that person goes on vacation, they're really not doing anything? That's not true. There's a fantasy that they go on vacation, but the reason – and really check out – but the reason you have that fantasy is because you hope they are because it would give you an excuse to do the same thing. And as an employee – You need to recognize where the pitfalls are and where the opportunities are in this period of time and help your boss and your peers, your peers, structure the time and the work in a way that makes the summer a a fast forward period. Are you trying to show your boss that you're paying attention 
while she's on vacation? So are you sending her emails or showing her, hey, I got this? So if you keep them tethered to the ground with little minutia, big mistake, okay? On the other hand, you don't want to be presumptuous and take things on that you should. Talk more to me about the the needy versus presumptuous because I think that is key. I mean, you know, it's key in any relationship, but let's just let's just look at what it means in the workplace, okay? So the balance is between the getting the amount of confidence you need to not be asking for help on things that you've already asked for help on and that you should actually now know how to do. Okay, so you you don't want to be too needy. You want to be able to exhibit initiative, be a self-starter, all that. There's a fine line between that and the kind of presumption and overstepping. How do you develop that judgment? I'm sorry to say just by being slapped or dragged. I was just going to say you're going to have to get dinged a lot. That reminds me. So Jeff, my old boss – I feel like he's God, on, he gets a lot he of airtime, air man, because he was it was my formative. I was just out of Teach for America. He was my first corporate boss. He was he was your formative trauma. He was my formative. Yes. Trauma. And also he worked in a kind of structure I'd never encountered right, before, right. which was like corporate America. Yeah. And I do remember that he would go away a lot, and especially in the summer, he would spend part of the time in Santa Fe, he would travel to Europe, he'd go all these places. And I, being the person that you're talking about, who wanted to take the initiative and show all the things I could do and all my good judgment, would write memos. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm already (laughs) cringing. I would write memos, and I would write them from from my point of view. (laughs) This is so (laughs) awful. In my mind, I was taking initiative and I would say, you know, I have this idea or I think we should. And I would send it sometimes not just to the staff, but to the board. Oh, my God. This is so awful. And so one time. I well, like what kinds of ideas? I don't get it. Like, well, let's just say there was a program we were trying to implement mm-hmm. and I had ideas about how to make that program better, how to improve it. I would write a memo about mm. All the ways I thought we could improve the program. God, it's so cringeworthy. So cringeworthy. And so he was on vacation one time, and he got one of my memos. (laughs) And he's, this is in the day of fax. He faxed it back to me with every time I had used the word I. I. Oh, that was very Jeff. Yeah. Circled in red. And then he said, Stop doing this. Oh, you know, the when I look back on the <laughs> humiliations of work in your 20s. Oh, God, it was so awful. Why aren't all 20-year-olds <laughs> just bag people? Yeah. It was, but here's the thing. It was a good wrist slap. It was, it was. Every wh- wrist slap I got was a good wrist slap. Yeah. I was bitch slapped through my entire 20s. Yeah. It was all about. And and you know what? It's easier to train someone who's constantly overstepping than it oh, is yeah, to rain drag someone yes. out. So if you are the person who's getting slapped all the time, just remember that you're getting – you're like a piece of clay and you're getting molded into your beautiful form. Look at us. Look how yeah, beautiful look at, we look are. Look at us. Look at us. And one more thing I did when Jeff was on vacation once. I was working in his beautiful office and then in between was a bathroom with – a shower and, you know, towels and things like you that. You put all your beauty products in there, did you? No, no. But I did go in and I was thinking to myself, 
what would someone with unlimited resources buy? And I took a piece of paper and I went through the closet, like the linen closet, and I wrote down every brand of towel and every thread count and every piece. This is like all about Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Scary. (laughs) But I wrote it all down thinking to myself, well, really, if I could spend any amount of money on towels or sheets or bath products, what would I buy? And I remember he had Kiehl's products. At the time, that was like, wow, super expensive. And I wrote it all down because I never could go in that bathroom unless he was See, the bosses don't know how we stalk them and watch them. Yeah. Really watch them, which is important. That is important, actually, to watch very closely. You don't realize how your boss – your boss isn't just molding you by slapping you and carving you into shape. They're molding you unconsciously because you're watching them so closely. You are developing habits like your bosses. So, you know, choose your bosses wisely is what I say. So is there anything, you know, I should be doing when my boss is out of town? Is there any kind of opportunity for me to do something that I can't do when my boss is there breathing down my neck, giving me stuff to do? Like, what could I do? I think you can lead. At any level, I think you can lead by making decisions, making good decisions, having good judgment and demonstrating throughout the vacation period that you've moved things forward based on your day-to-day decision-making. That's huge. Right. And I think part of leading is creating projects that are for the greater good, that have a beginning, middle, and end, and you can start them, think about them. Like even if it's, I'm going to re- alphabetize oh, yeah. this messed up file cabinet. And in addition to that, you can raise up an altitude and say, what are the kinds of things that my boss might be thinking about? Is he thinking about the culture? Is she thinking about a new business proposition? What is she thinking about? And whether you're the one actually reading about that or sourcing articles, maybe even just leave a couple of articles on the desk that say, I read these. Here's why I thought they were interesting. You know what I love about that? It talks about the one thing that a long leash allows, which is your creative side. If you don't unleash something creative in you in relation to this work while your boss is gone, when are you going to do it? You know where there's a great opportunity to be creative is relative to your company's culture. Because everybody can contribute to the culture in some way. And there's never a bad idea when it comes to how do we actually make this office more fun? How do we make it um, more? Okay, wait. Can okay. I just say <laughs> there, are bad there ideas. were some bad there ideas. Were bad ideas. <laughs> I should. I, I knew the minute I said that there are bad ideas. <laughs> oh, I I remember this so well, Suzanne. I I got caught at this so bad. I was in my first real job in New York. Okay, I was like twenty three. And my boss, John Morose, who was just a piece of work anyway, but he went on vacation. And of course, I thought, like a stu- I was thinking like a student. Oh, oh, sure. The teacher's gone. I can start throwing spitwads, right? So it was like, you guys, let's party. And I, I started this. He was gone for three weeks. And I started a Monday, Friday wine drinking thing before <laughs> and after work, right? And we would all bring bottles together. And we would sit in John's fabulous office overlooking the UN. And all of us had little tiny shitholes. And he had this fabulous office. And I never – and I would put all the 
bottles. We would put the bottles in this garbage bag in the corner of the office and know that ultimately we would throw that out. But we, because we were 20-somethings, never really thought, okay, we should throw it out now, right? You weren't worried about getting caught? No. Because he was, quote, on vacation. He wasn't thinking about us, so we don't need to think about him. When John got back to the office, he found a garbage bag with about 52 wine bottles in it. And it all pointed back to... How did he find it? Because it was in his office. We never threw it away. Oh, my God. Yeah. We never threw it away. And all fingers, of course, pointed to me. It, the party had a name. I don't remember what it was. It was <laughs> right, like, you probably Fuck branded John it. Rose. Yeah, uh-huh. something like that. Uh-huh. And I got blamed. First of all, it's very you. I can see you doing that. I can see you being in the moment and all giddy about it. And then I can see the shame. I don't know. Well, what that was you're interesting. You about. said you got blamed for it, but blame suggests that it really wasn't your fault. Well, kinda no, wasn't. No, you got recognized for <laughs> for being the idiot that they you were. Partic- they were participating in it. So, you know, Suzanne, the one thing that worries me about the way we're talking about this is the is the idea that your that everything is about what your boss thinks and the idea, the suggestion that your boss is the most important factor in your destiny at this job. And that is simply not true. What we know is the people on whom your performance day-to-day and overall depend is the staff, your peers. So, And they're watching you while the boss is gone, right? And if all you're doing is spending your time sucking up to the boss while the boss is gone. Oh, God, there's nothing worse. Right? So what can you do for with your staff to bring the staff closer together i love this cultural question what can you do laterally while the boss is gone and all all the ideas you have have to track back to the central point which is how can you make people at the office feel seen how can you make them feel more human more recognized more part of individuals who are part of a common whole and come up with some very fun simple ritual one that we had at Um, our company that I loved was we would have everybody make, what are those word clouds? Those um, word, word, not word, Worticles or you know what I mean? So we'd have everybody on their birthday submit words about the person and then we just print out and put on their desk. You know what I remember about that? (laughs) I know what my phrase for you was. I remember. Well-groomed. It was like she plucks nicely. (laughs) Rachel, I know that while I'm gone, you'll go into my closet and take full inventory. Um, Suzanne, I gave you most of the shit you've got in your closet. I don't need to do the inventory. But if you if you're giving me that assignment, you know that I will. If you like what you heard, you can find us at bigpayoffradio.com, on iTunes, on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. Thank you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.